As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Greetings, Football and Grits listeners. This is Andy Staples introducing a special episode of Football and Grits. It's special because it's actually an episode of The Andy Staples Show that we are putting here for you folks that love the SEC. We're doing our State of the Program series at The Athletic. We're highlighting different teams throughout the next few months. We're going to hit all 130 FBS teams. And this week, we talk Tennessee. And so I brought David Ubbin on my show to talk about the Vols because, as you probably know, they've had a fairly eventful offseason. This is one of the most interesting teams in the country. And while the win-loss record doesn't potentially look great, the idea that Tennessee football might be fun again, I think is something that you can hold on to. Here's me and David talking Tennessee football and also how we might be able to just fake it till we make it on an SEC coaching staff as long as we blend into the scenery. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We're going to continue our uh, programs in crisis edition. I, I, maybe that's a little too strong, but we, we just talked to, to Colton Pouncey on Wednesday about Michigan State not having a player drafted for the first time in 80 years and what that means for the Spartans and what, what Mel Tucker has to do now. We now move on to another new coach who this is his first year, not his second, who inherits a just crazy situation and to talk about it we bring on the guy who has had to cover all the craziness for the last couple of years David Ubbin our Tennessee beat writer we're talking Vols we're talking Josh Heupel and the situation he has walked into or probably more accurately stepped into probably <laughs> they are now clear of spring and do, do we have any idea what this team is going to look like when they take the field this fall? Kind of. I mean, we, we, we kind of know, you know, they want to have an attacking defense, which means boom or bust. You know, they're going to look pretty similarly. They're going to try to look similarly on offense to, you know, I, I think the Baylor offense is pretty comparable. Numbers game. They want to pound you. They want to throw it over your head. All of that stuff is applicable. Uh, we kind of have a decent feel for the personnel. 
but how good can they be? How, you know, how rough is it going to get, you know, TBD. So they at least have somewhat of an identity. Whereas the first year we couldn't, you know, when Jeremy Pruitt took over, it didn't seem like they were giving money straight answers on what the offense actually was going to look like. And, that was not great, but I think what t- what uh, Tennessee showed in the spring game. I mean, we've seen this offense before. They're just going to be really, really thin, and the talent level is is not what it has been. Yeah, and and we know that they lost a lot to transfers because the, I mean the situation was really bad. You had an NCA investigation. You had a firing of of the coach Jeremy Pruitt. They bring in Josh Heupel, who, who runs a completely different offense. They're doing something, you know, they're going to look like UCF did. So that, that's a, a an offense that averaged 88 plays a game last year. So this is this will look very different. Jarrett Garantano, the uh, the favorite punching bag of Tennessee fans, the quarterback, he's off to Washington State. It's going to be some new quarterback there. Uh, it is it is about as much change as, as you can have in one year of college football. I just I'm trying to think of any other program that has had uh, maybe uh, the Texas State fighting armadillos when they were hit with <laughs> NCAA probation and uh, and then had to field an all walk on team, including Scott Bakula and Sinbad. That, that's pretty much all I can think of. Those guys have all gone on, especially Sinbad, to some really great things. Um, so uh, props to them. But yeah, that's about I mean, it. Andre Krim was a Ph.D. candidate at that point. So he was <laughs> he was in great shape. So uh, I agree. Yes. Tennessee has been. Uh, you know, it, one of the craziest six month stretches that I can remember uh, pretty much ever since, you know, the Texas A&M game, I think it was November 19th kicks off and uh, that story breaks that they're under investigation. Not entirely clear what it meant. Uh, it meant a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that was the, that was the thing is you were you had already been hearing that something was up, that, that Jerry Pruitt may be on the way out. Mm-hmm. And then the, the investigation story pops and you realize, oh, yes, this is real. And oh, it, it may not just be Jeremy Pruitt. It may be Philip Fulmer, the athletic director. So they have undergone a complete change. Uh, Danny White is in as AD. He comes from UCF. The job was open. I, I get the sense that he offered it to several people or, or at least talked to several people about it and did not get a ton of interest and went and hired his old coach, Josh Heupel. Andy, uh, they only offered one person. Only, oh yeah, <laughs> like all right, coaching right. searches. There was one, only yes. one person who got an offer. <laughs> yeah, yes, their yeah, their I, lawyers I was, only drafted a contract for one person. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly. I forgot there was a little check yes or no note, like you know the George Strait song, uh, with, with a few coaches where they check no. But I, I mean, it, it's such a it's such a difficult situation that Josh Heupel walks into, and they lose so much the transfer portal. But it seems like this. In the last week or so, the transfer portal has started to giveth as opposed to taketh away. So it feels like we get a little better sense of of what they may have because you know th- there's there's a vacuum there. There's there's playing time available. There's 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 SEC playing time available, and I think guys in the portal are noticing that. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's hard though because Tennessee lost a bunch of guys that were playing, and so I think it's sort of easy to, to, to build up some of these guys in the portal in your, in your mind as, Oh, well they can fill a hole here or they can fill a hole here. Ah, ah, <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm not, I, I, I would encourage people it, to keep their expectations <laughs> modest because they wait, lost wait, is, a bunch of guys. 
<laughs> is this I think, is this I think the part our, where we say they were in the portal for a reason? Yeah, I think it's important to to note, you know, on our site this week, our friends uh, Bruce Feldman and and Max Olson ranked the fifty best players in the transfer portal. Six of those guys were outgoing Tennessee players. None of the incoming players were on that top fifty list, and that I think says it all. You know, I, it says exactly what what it should say that Bruce and Max are haters. Yeah, they just hate the Vols every time. And they don't believe I'm, in the Vols. Every day I'm trying to work and I just get texts from Max and Bruce nonstop talking about how much they hate Tennessee. They're like, hey, listen, we got to team up on some stuff. We got to bring these guys down a peg. It's just, it's nonstop. And quite frankly, I'm glad we can finally put it out there for the world to see. I, it's, I am too. It's an incredible I mean, conspiracy and I'm amazed they've kept it uh, under wraps for this long. It's It's been weighing heavily on my heart and I feel like I had to, to it's get a it big moment. There, so. It's a big moment for both of us. <laughs> Max and Bruce are going to get all these tweets and, and emails and be like, what the hell happened? Who, who said I hated Tennessee? What's going on here? It's listen, sleeper cells. You can't sleep on them. And, uh, and that's, 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 right. that's what we're dealing with. That's exactly right. But it, it, this is such a, this is such an interesting situation because this is an offense that that works very well at UCF. Now, granted, they had Dylan Gabriel, who is a, a very, very good quarterback. Um, we don't know what that quarterback situation is going to look like at Tennessee. You answered that question in your mailbag. And I mean, you think about you got Joe Milton coming in from Michigan as the headliner, but Brian Moore and Harrison Bailey still there from from the old group. And then Hendon Hooker, who came in from Virginia Tech. How does that look? I mean, how, how, how did they split the reps up during the spring and, and how will that look going into to preseason camp? So Milton joined the team, obviously, after spring. Um, Caden Salter, incoming four-star freshman, was suspended for all of spring. So it was a three-man show. Hooker, Bailey, Maurer. They split those reps up pretty evenly. They, they ran those guys with the first team, the second team, the third team, all that stuff. You know, if Tennessee had to play a game tomorrow, Hendon Hooker would probably start. Um, but there was not a lot of separation. And if I had to bet on it right now, I'd be pretty scared to bet against Joe Milton um, starting uh, the, the season for Tennessee. That's kind of where it's at. You know, the, that can change. Um, there's a lot of football left to be played. Uh, you're relooking over spring practice. You're working out in the summer. And then, of course, you got camp. So a lot can change, but that's kind of where it's at now. Like I said, if Tennessee played a game tomorrow, I think it'd be Hendon Hooker, and they'd keep an eye on, on – uh, well, I guess – not really fair to Joe Milton's considering he's not practiced, but again, looking to the, the season, you know, opener, I'd be nervous betting against him as your starter. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, the, the thing that's interesting to me is this is a pretty quarterback-friendly offense, as we've seen. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it, Drew Locke did really well in it. Uh, Dylan Gabriel did really, really well in it. And, and Drew Locke was a first-round draft pick. It hadn't been great in the NFL, but he did perform well in this offense in the sec, which I think is, is something that, that should give the Vols fans some hope. And the other thing about it is even with the guys that are still there, I feel like they're going to have a better shot. Now the, the, the most telling thing about the offense at Tennessee 
last year was in that Kentucky game, which was an absolute disaster with the, the pick sixes and kind of the, made Jamin Davis a, a, a bigger name and, and mm-hmm. kind of everybody's like, oh, who's that? And now he's a, a first round draft pick from Kentucky. But those guys just it, Garantano had a horrible game and it was kind of indicative of what his career had been like, especially in the Pruitt era. And I remember Cole Kublik was the sideline reporter for that game. And he was talking about how Jeremy Pruitt had told the crew in the pregame press or pregame meeting and said, you know, we put a lot on our quarterbacks. You know, we, we, we make them actually play quarterback. We, it's not just look to the sideline, get a play and then, and then do it. And I'm looking at it going, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like yeah, that doesn't work. You, you've tried that for a couple of years and that doesn't work. So wh- why not? Why not make it easy on them? Why not try to help them? I think Josh Heupel will try to help them. I, I think even more than that, I think just the structure of the offense in general, Jeremy Pruitt's involvement was, was not helpful. Um, I think, again, you know, you want to talk about telling things. Josh Palmer never had more than 500 yards receiving in a season, and he's a third round prick. That that's yeah, that's 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 underutilizing your talent. Like, yeah, they were like, this is this is the secret we want to keep. You know, there were a yeah. bunch of NFL receivers coaches sitting there hoping Josh Palmer fell to them. Yeah, and, and I think even watching just, him, you, 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 I'm not surprised he looked apart. But just that offense was just not built to be productive. You know, you can only watch run, run, pass. Oh, you know, on third and seven, so many times before it just. You know, the structure, the route combinations, the predictability, the cons- or the conservative approach, all those things combined, you know, Tennessee just has not been uh, whatever the opposite of must-see TV is in offense. That's what they were well, under Jeremy Pruitt. And that's the, that's the thing. I know that that people make fun of the hype offense and say, oh, it's only three plays. Whatever. If it's three yeah. plays that work. <laughs> that's three more plays than Tennessee has had in the last three seasons. So they'll take well, it. Look at it this way. Okay. Most ACDC songs sound exactly the same, but guess what? <laughs> it's a kick-ass song. So, yeah. And I think that one of the other criticisms of the offense, you know, a lot of the times is all oh, these receivers aren't running routes. They, they go to the NFL really, really uh, raw. And, and the route tree is really simple. You know, that gets into a large scale existential question of what is your job? Your job is to win games. Your job, you know, yes. NFL, you know, all that stuff is nice. Recruiting's nice. All those things you want to do. You want incoming talent. You want outgoing talent. You want to develop. But your job is to win games. And whatever that takes, you do that. And whatever else comes with it, comes with it. But the core is you're paid to win games. And if the other stuff doesn't really, you know, if you get complaints from the NFL people about your receivers running routes, I mean, and you're 10 and 2, the fans aren't going to care. They just aren't. No. And, and that's something you can deal with later. You can develop yeah, yes. that later. That's can, a good problem you, to have. The NFL criticizing yeah, you your receivers you can, at 10 and You two. can <laughs> add that into the offense as, as your receivers get more comfortable in your offense. And, yeah. and that just makes you better. So that's, that's not something you want to worry about now. Right now, worry about getting the ball down the field into the end zone. And I think this is an offense that makes it easy for players to do that. Now, from a talent standpoint, will they be able to do that against Alabama, against Georgia, against Florida? We're going to have to see. But mm-hmm. I, I just I feel like even though there will be less talent this year than there has been just because of the, the transfers and the exodus. 
it will be easier for them to score. They, they will be more 100%. fun to watch on offense. And that, that I, is an, that's an indictment of the old staff. That's not, it is. that's not anything else. And I think one of the things that I think Tennessee fans should legitimately be excited about is this offense in general. It doesn't mess around with teams that you have a physical advantage over. You will light it up against teams that you're faster and stronger than 50, 60 points is, is even with this Tennessee group, I really truly believe when they're playing Bowling Green, when they're playing Tennessee tech, they're going to put those numbers up. And a lot of times we saw this in the Jeremy Pruitt era when they played Charlotte, when they played Utah, Georgia state, uh, when they played, yeah, Georgia State. I wasn't going to go there, but UAB, some of these other teams that they were a lot better than, it was like 14-10, 21-3, like games that just people don't want to watch and make it a lot closer. When Tennessee does have a physical advantage, and that list of teams will be pretty short now, ideally, in their mind, it would grow, but they can dominate those teams. And Tennessee just didn't really dominate very many teams um, under Jeremy Pruitt on the scoreboard. And with this offense, that will change. They will be able to, when they're playing those teams, light it up, and, and fans will have some fun. Now for the bad news. <laughs> that offense puts tremendous pressure on the defense in a couple of mm-hmm. ways. It, it scores fast, which is good. You've got points, but it also means your defense is right back out there. When you are playing a team that is much better than you, it goes three and out fast and puts the defense right back on. So against an Alabama, against a Georgia that is a problem. And look, but that, that's the thing. No one expects them to beat Alabama or Georgia anyway. Whatever so you do. I'm not even worried about what teams. they do. Yeah. Right. I'm not worried about what they do against those teams right now. I, and I know that that probably makes Tennessee fans mad to think about that because they feel like they should be in the hunt for SEC titles and that this program should be better than, and it should be. You're right. But it's not right now. And yep. so Make the expectations reasonable. The expectation to beat Georgia is not reasonable, but the expectation to beat South Carolina, which is rebuilding, to play with Kentucky, which Kentucky's going to be pretty good this year. They when are they, with, the, with the new offense. He's so on them. Uh, to to beat Vanderbilt, like that. That's the expectation you should have, and then you build from there. Because if this offense works, if they're scoring points, even if they're losing. Players are going to go, huh, that looks fun. they yep. got good facilities. Knoxville's a great town. I wouldn't mind playing there. I think it's very true. And I think, you know, Tennessee, for, for all the sort of disaster area, you know, radioactive zone it has been for the last five months, if you look to the fall, they're still going to be favored in probably at least five games, maybe six, depending on what happens with Pitt. They have an easy non-conference schedule. You're going to be favored against Vanderbilt, probably favored against South Carolina, who won two games and is rebooting things themselves. And then, like you said, can you steal one against Mizzou? Can you steal one against Kentucky? Can you beat Pitt? And getting to six and six, now granted, because of the NCAA issues, that probably doesn't mean a bowl game. But if you're sitting there at six and six in year one, that's better than Jimmy Pruitt's first year. You will take that. You, you, you will, will 100% take that. Take that. <laughs> and it, uh, that's the thing. And the other thing that I think helps Tennessee this year, because think about all they've lost. Imagine there weren't super seniors this year. Imagine they weren't allowed to have super seniors. 11 guys came back for Tennessee. That, that sa- they may have saved the program. I, I, I don't feel like I'm being overly dramatic, but they keep them close to the 85 number. 
they keep them from a depth standpoint, probably because that's if you lose those guys and, and you're in a scholarship hole, that's where those Missouri and Kentucky games mm-hmm. get really tough. And I'm curious to get your take on this because my, we've never seen this before. So I, I'm just guessing, but because the super senior rule, Tennessee will probably be floating around 80 scholarships, 75 to 80. Yeah. I think the gap between 75 to 80 and the teams that go over and hit you at the 90, 95 is a lot smaller than teams that have 85 to 80 in a normal year. And Tennessee's sitting there at 65. That gap is right. way smaller, I feel like. And, and we have never seen I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And the other thing is they're they're not going to go down to that and have to be sitting there at 60 or 65 when mm-hmm. everybody else is at 85. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is going to come back toward 85 and Tennessee is going to go up toward 85. And so you get through this year, that's going to be the worst of that. And then that's pretty much, you're not really that different than you would be in, in a normal year. So those super seniors it, on, on senior day this year, all Vol fans, big hugs, big, big <laughs> cheers for those super seniors. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how they manage that. I mean, they they don't really know what to expect on the scholarship reduction front. I think they'd be thrilled with, you know, six a year over three or four years. Maybe it could and, be as high can, as eight, you can 10, play or something with like that. that. And, and yeah, guess what? The numbers, that's, you get probably little... the, <laughs> that's probably the team you got. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I, I'm just, I think seeing how they manage that will be interesting, but the, as bad as it is, it, it could be a lot worse. Um, you know, like you said, I, I hadn't thought about the impact of all those guys coming back, but it, it really does keep it from getting, you know, real dire, real, real fast. And, and that's uh, real, real, guys Kansas help. real fast. You can, <laughs> yeah. you can say it. I was going to say Vanderbilt, but Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. They were playing with like 62 at one point. It's man that you just can't do what, that. What, David Beatty said he had like 33 scholarship players his first spring practice. So good time. There were freshmen coming in, but still that's insane. That's insane. So that's, that's the situation they walk into. Uh, Danny white. Meanwhile, is trying to, to lead the administration through all this. And, And I thought Danny white did a fantastic job at UCF. I know everybody would get mad at him and say, you know, well, I can't believe he declared a national title. Do you know how many T-shirts that man sold by declaring that national people title? People cared about UCF. People got yes. people had an emotional response to UCF, which has never happened in the history of human existence. That's success. Sorry, it is. I, I take it from someone who went to high school in Orlando. Okay, <laughs> UCF was the thirteenth grade. Nobody thought about. Oh, I just want to go to UCF. And nobody thought about, I want to go to a UCF football game, except maybe when Dante Culpepper was there. But it just was not a thing that, that people got pumped about. And that team is, they're rock stars down there now. Mm-hmm. And those games are, when, when you can have crowds, they are so much fun. They call the stadium the bounce house because it's, it's, it's basically an erector set and it bounces up and down when, when everybody's yelling and, and jumping up and down. And they, they've created an atmosphere that I, if you would have told me when I graduated high school in 1996, that UCF would have an on-campus stadium where it is a blast to go to a football game and it's full. I would have said you were insane. Mm-hmm. And they did that. They did that. You know, Danny White, it, it's no small task. You got to have the team, but you got to hire the coach to do it. He obviously did that in, in Scott Frost. We were able to keep it going uh, with, with Josh Heupel. And, 
you know, it's it's going to be a situation at Tennessee where you've got a pretty high level of baseline passion that has stagnated a little bit as the program has suffered. But listen, they are dying for something positive. And the first time yeah. they're 2-0 and and playing Pitt or 3-0 and and playing Florida, you're going to be packed again. And God, you know, God bless Tennessee is. fans. I, I, I feel they want it so bad, Andy. They want I know. It so well, bad. And the, the thing about it is like, maybe because I was one of the few people who agreed with them on Shiano Sunday, not, not, not the, the extreme wing that was bringing up the Penn state stuff, but it would have been I a bad hire. With, I agreed with them. That it would have been a terrible hire. Yes, it would not I'm have worked. And, and they were right about that. And they were right to feel that way. And, you know, I, the problem is it just, it got worse. The, the Pruitt thing. And look, I thought Pruitt would be okay. I thought, you know, he's learned from Nick Saban. He's, he, he's held a position in basically every level of Nick Saban's administration. So he understands how everything works. And then he gets the job and you realize he doesn't because he's trying to build 2012 Alabama in 2018, which didn't make any sense. It didn't. But, <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I did. That we that's an entirely different show. We we, we don't have. Yeah, that's time an interesting conversation. Those, we don't have the, time to to yeah. the, the, the pre post mortem, but uh, the 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 investigation in general threw such a wrench into that because I said whenever he took over, I don't know how this is going to play out, but this roster is going to be a lot better when he leaves than when he came, and in, in theory, and it that would was have correct. been if, if nobody theory, transferred was, exactly. Yeah. And if you don't have the investigation, I think they hold on to some of those guys. And now, yeah, because you, you if, if you're if you're sitting there with with Wanya Morris and Eric Gray and Henry Toto, yeah, you're a happy Josh Heupel at that point. Yes, but very much so. But that's not what he's got, and you know that that's the thing. But I did. You, you look at the hires. The, the Rodney Garner hire, I think, is is pretty critical because Rodney Garner, wherever their he's best been, position coach by far, mm-hmm. yeah, has been the Pied Piper. He's been able to get really good players. Uh, he's had really good defensive lines. And guess what? Guess who was responsible for a lot of the success of the Philip Fulmer era in terms of recruiting? Rodney Garner. Yep. So he's done it at Tennessee. He's done it at Georgia. He's done it at his alma mater, Auburn. He is. He's magic when it comes to that. So I, I do think that was a, a very good strategic hire. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so bizarre to think about this. I, you know, I was reading uh, Dennis Dodd's great story on, on Kevin Steele the other day. And like, I've almost forgotten the, the three weeks that Kevin Steele worked at Tennessee. <laughs> I believe it was 18 days. Uh, it felt like from my perspective, uh, 18 years of just like waiting, you kind of know where this is heading, but then it's like, ah, uh, what a mess. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the Kevin Steele Netflix show that he is, uh, he's pitching us. I'd, I'd like to watch that show. <laughs> I want it. I, I do. Cause <laughs> I mean, I just want to know about the last year when Auburn's yeah. like, Hey, we're going to give you two and a half million a year to not work. And then Tennessee's like, we'll pick up half a million of that. If you don't mind. <laughs> uh, Tennessee, you know, Again, they're, they're, they're carrying the banner as buyout you and the Kevin Steele thing. Really, if there was ever any doubt, the Kevin Steele situation certainly sealed it. Uh, I believe they well, are on the hook for 800,000 over two years. Oh, that's right. I, 18, I was, uh, 18 days. <laughs> well, a- Alan Green, the AD at Auburn, I'm sure is set, has sent a nice fruit basket to Knoxville because they could have just mailed Auburn a check and saved themselves some, some, uh, some, some fretting. It's, it's truly unbelievable. I, I, uh, 
I still, to this day, aspire to one day be a fired football coach. That is my dream. Oh, it's so brilliant. I, I mean, what a, <laughs> what a life. What a life that would be. I, I'm, I'm totally down for it. The problem is you have to be a good football coach first. That's debatable. And be a fired. Yeah, you have to have some. I'm success. just, listen, I'm just going to get on the coattails. I'm going to just work my way up the Saban tree. I'm going to get hired okay. as Kirby Smart's replacement at Georgia. And after they go there two go. and, and then they go, after they go two and 10 for three years in a row and I get fired, Turks and Caicos, Bora Bora, I'll have two separate well, homes. See, here, bounce back here's the thing I want to be colossally incompetent so I can be fired within the first six months and then that's a good get plan, to the actually. life of not working. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good like, plan. So you get the the five year deal with like seventy five percent of it guaranteed, and then you are just such a train wreck for six months that they don't even let you start the season. That's the dream, if we're being honest. That that's and then you retire undefeated, <laughs> zero and zero, baby. Listen, they wouldn't. They were too scared. I all, all my ideas were too revolutionary. You know, my A eleven oh. offense. They didn't believe in it. But if we ever got to try, if we ever got to try it. Listen. Championships, you know, uh, the the woulda, coulda, shoulda, that would be me. Mm -hmm. And I could write a book off of that. I could sell a Netflix series of what would have happened. Uh, Get a job at ESPN. This is an incredible plan. We need to start on this tomorrow. We do. We do. I I think we're just, we're going to be a package deal. One of us will be the offensive guy and one will be the defensive guy. I like it. We'll be somebody's coordinators down the road. It's going to be unbelievable. And what happens, what happens when we're two and a half million dollar coordinators? Because I feel like I don't really want to be a coach at that. It's a problem. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, climbing the ladder certainly seems if we're really thinking about it, it has some issues, but you know, we we, we can figure that out. We'll get to that later. I, I am so excited. I, this is we're going to put this plan in motion this summer. And when we show up on somebody's campus, like, Hey, uh, we're your new volunteer GAs. You don't have to pay us, but you know, we're, it was we're like the homeless, it's like the homeless guy, the homeless guy who masqueraded as a USC player for like a week. Uh, how long do you think we could just show up in a team polo before somebody questioned whether or not we were supposed to be there? The support staffs are getting bigger and bigger. I was going to say like in the SEC, we yeah. could do it for at least a year. I like, like no our one chances. Would even notice. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm it would, all in on this plan. Like, it would like, feel like when Kramer starts working at the place he went into the bathroom. <laughs> What's in the briefcase? Uh, crackers. <laughs> I'm going to have to let you go. But I don't even really work here. That's what makes this so hard. <laughs> I, I'm already excited right now. Listen, this energy, I'm saving this for the introductory press. Seriously, right, right, if we go to Athens, Georgia, I think that's a that's a good place to blend in. We go to Athens, Georgia. You and I put some red polos on <laughs> and we just pretend fake it till we make it and see how long it takes anybody to notice well we already have so if we need a resume we could do like the uh uh like the uh, aunt becky scandal we've got you on the florida state sidelines so we could just have yes. that as your resume that's photo. Not even photoshopped exactly that's real you can put my you can superimpose my face over andrea's face and we'll get yes. it <laughs> it's only perfect this is listen we're already so far down the shoot right now. I am so excited about this. I'm basically already I mean, the new Seminoles head coach. So My apologies Kirk, to Mike Norvell. Kirby knows knows me, but I don't think I'd ever see Kirby. I think if I stood behind several people in staff meetings, because think about the support staffs. Like if you're a nobody, like we would be, 
Like you're five deep behind Kirby and staff me or behind sure. somebody else. My only Kirby concern is the key you. card to get into the facility, but I feel like you could sneak in behind someone. You just have well, to and I know the AD too, so I'd going. have to be careful. I'd have to be careful, but not run into him. Just and, and wear of course, the mask. Wear, wear a very large mask and say, you know what? I'm just I'm being extra careful. Yeah. I know everyone's vaccinated. I know it's normal now, but listen, yep. you can't ever be too safe. This is like this it. is amazing. I, I, we are going to do this. We are going to be, we all do. We just have to pick, we just have to Georgia. pick our program. We got to find it. Well, maybe, maybe we struggle like, ended up at Purdue, but the money's listen, those checks cash the same in West Lafayette as they do in Tallahassee. That's, that's exactly. But well, here's the thing. If we're at Georgia, Dan Lanning's probably going to be head coach next year. He's going to take mm-hmm. a bunch of guys and they're not like, I don't even think they know everybody's name anyway. So they might hide just in the moving truck, hide in the moving yeah, truck, you, sneak in. We're good. Yeah, they like point at me and they'll be like, you're the new director of scouting. <laughs> and they'll point at you and be like, you're the new GM. I'm in chief the, of staff because the GM it. and the director of uh, the chief. Yeah, like, those guys got moved up to on field position so that they ought to be backfilled. And that'll be us. Boom. We're in. This is bulletproof. I, I-, I like this. I- I- I'm already excited I about this. No flaws whatsoever in this plan. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's already basically happened. If you believe it, you can achieve it right here. And I think we can beat Tennessee. Probably. Probably. But if this works, if the Josh Heupel thing works, I don't know if we can beat Tennessee forever. Well, then we just, just you know, at a road game, switch polos, flip sides, hmm. start this all over again. Who would even know? They wouldn't. Support staff, <laughs> baby. Support staff. <laughs> all day. Oh. So I am somewhat happy for Tennessee fans. I know they've been miserable for all this, and I know this has been very hard on them, but I do think there is some fun coming their way. It may not be as many games as they'd like it to be this year, but it feels like there is some fun. And given everything they've been through, really since the 2016 South Carolina game, they deserve some fun. Yes, I mean, I, I, I think I, at some point this offseason, just wrote about, like, the most fun play in, in, in the whole football game is celebrating a touchdown, right? Tennessee had 29 of those, I believe, last season. It was like, yeah, I know. And, like, that's the simplest stat. <laughs> in case you, I, just, I just made a look that David was like, oh. Like, yeah. It was one of, those, one of those where you just pull away from the camera <laughs> on the computer, like, What? Exactly. 29? Yeah. How many did Devontae Smith have on his own? That's October for Najee Harris. Uh, but no, I, ultimately, like, it's just not been fun. And if you look back at the Pruitt era and you look back at the most memorable moments, right? Like a singular moment. Even the Butch era had some of those. Maybe the comeback against Indiana. Maybe the goal line stop against Kentucky in 19. There wasn't really a singular moment against Auburn in 18, but maybe that. you The, the highs were... The highs were like not very high, like Allen Iverson high. They weren't really like super, super, you know, high in the sky. It was pretty much right. Oh, cool. Like, congratulations. Great. <laughs> it, it, you've survived UAB again. Yay. Yeah. Oh, in case you were wondering, yeah. Devontae Smith, 23 receiving touchdowns last season. <laughs> <laughs> so, congratulations to him. Uh, Tennessee has outpaced a uh, first round pick. But so, yes, it's going to be more fun on a legitimate, like, just like watching these games. Tennessee, it's one thing to be ugly and good. Alabama did that for the early part of the Saban era. It was not fun to watch, but it was what it was. It's one thing to be bad 
and ugly. And that's where Tennessee has been. You know, you looked at Ole Miss last year. Um, we've seen it early on in the, in the, in the Baylor years and early on in the, in the UCF years, even it, it was fun. They weren't great, but they were fun. And I think there's value in that real value in that because Tennessee football has not been fun for a long time. It's going to be fun. David oven. Thank you for joining us. Anytime. Appreciate it. Looking forward to our uh, future as co-assistant coaches. I I'm getting, I'm getting multicolored polo shirts, uh, polo <laughs> shirts of every color for whatever we need. This is, this is bulletproof plan. Bulletproof. It, ju- it just means more polo shirts. I'm excited. Thanks so much for listening. You can listen to the Andy Staple show three days a week, all year round and come back here to football and grits for all of your favorite sec talk.